Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Jesus is alive. We will never die. <laughs> so I've asked um, three different people tonight to come and share. Um, and and this, is, this is what I told them. I said, tonight we're going to talk about Jesus as the living king. Um, you know, he's alive. We, we serve a king. We all know that. But he's alive, <laughs> which is super important, right? But here's the thing. I can talk about Jesus being alive, and you'd all agree with me. But to me, the greatest um, evidence we have is a life that's changed, right? It's his life in us that changes us. So I just asked three people. I didn't give them a lot. I just said, I just, said just share something about how his life brought you to life in some way. And so, um, so we're going to hear first from uh, Wanda Lapazinski. <laughs> So I'm glad to be able to share how I came alive. A little bit about me. I was brought up in the church, Presbyterian, and I knew about God, but I really did not know God. Um, It was about in junior high when I went to a crusade, and that's when my spirit woke up, and I received Christ, and that was good. It led me to learning about him, to a vibrant church. I was growing. I enjoyed it. It was great. And then I went to college. And looking back, how it happened, I don't know, but I got deceived and I walked away. So I kind of shut down that part of my life for a good decade. And it was not good. You know, it was living in stress and fear um, and uncertainty, making bad choices but it's kind of where I was at the time. And probably out of desperation, I came to where I just surrendered back to the Lord. And that was huge. So I was back in church. Um, I was attending Bible studies. I was praying. I did that for a long time, and somehow I plateaued. I just didn't have a hunger. I didn't um, know there was more. Honestly, it's, I thought I was doing everything right, and life was okay. Um, but it wasn't alive. Um, at the end of 2006, I was blessed to um, start coming to Blazing Fire. And shortly after that, I was diagnosed with cancer. And the Lord gave me this supernatural peace. And when this came, things started shifting. It's like the Lord was preparing the soil inside for something new. Um, And a few months after that, when I'm in the midst of all the cancer stuff, I decided to reach out, and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's when everything changed. That's when my eyes were opened and I could see everything differently. God's word was different. It was like, how did I not see this stuff before that I started to see now? And my ears were opened to where I could hear God. It's like I had a relationship with him. He was like interactive. He was prompting me. He was leading me. That's when things really came alive, but it wasn't perfect. You know, I definitely fall into fear at times, fall into worry, um, doubt, things like that. So what I want to share is what he's shown me or gifted me most recently 
is one of those times, maybe it was fear or anxiety, and I heard the Lord say, where are you? And so I paused, and I could feel it. Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. It's like I was in the center of them. And when I could feel that, it was like, you know, that fear, in that centered place, there was no fear. There was peace. So when there was, you know, anxiety, there was calm. You know, all of those things shifted. So that's something that the Lord's helped me use. When I fall into those places, there's that question, where are you? And I can feel him around me. And everything shifts. It's like I can feel my very soul start to relax and get centered and the right perspective. Thank you. Thank you. So now we get to be encouraged and uplifted by the life of Jesus in Don Anderson. A little over a year ago, this man walked through those doors. I accepted Christ when I was a teenager, traditional Southern Baptist church. I knew I had fireman's insurance. (laughs) But the message I got was, now now the next thing you need to do is to become Christ-like. It didn't take long for me to figure out the fact that that bar was too high, and I kept failing. I realized and I was told that I was forgiven for all my sins. The way I equated that was, well, at that moment, I guess I'm clean, but I kept piling the sins up. Shame, hiding it. And eventually, I became a person that had this outer shell, what I wanted, what I wanted everybody else to see. But you bury yourself behind that. On kind of a fluke, I was asked to come to this church. (laughs) In fact, I was warned. I was warned that... (laughs) I, I, I was warned, and, and I will tell you what I thought. I was warned that I was going to come into a church that wasn't anything like the churches I had gone in and out of all my life. Now, what I... <laughs> not yet. <laughs> what, I, what I actually thought from my background is I thought I was going to walk into what we call a Pentecostal church, and you're all going to be jumping around with snakes in your hands and <laughs> speaking in tongues and running around and I thought, well, I, I'm a big boy. I'm not, it's not going to scare me. But I walked through the doors and I sat down. About the second time I was here, I started to feel safe. 
So I realized I was in a safe place, and I was willing to open up my doors and say, God, there must be something here. Help me find it. One of the first, one of the first times that I, I realized that I was not going to dig into myself, you know, behind that outside person, was Pastor Brent gave a class about a book that he wrote, Always Loved. He was showing some slides up on the screen as he was talking, and I was starting to realize that God actually loved me even through the horrible things that I had done, that he wanted me, and that all of the sins I had committed that I realized I wasn't forgiven for because I had to keep rededicating my life to Christ to go back to zero. <laughs> I looked up at a picture, and it was a father leaning back, and he had a son that he was holding against his chest. It was at that moment that I had a father that I realized intimately loved me. Intimately. So instead of focusing on the theology and the knowledge, I focused on the intimacy. And the more I did that, the more I realized that God was, he loved me, he was beside me. Sure, I was told he was always with you. But the way I saw it was I had to call him up and see if he had time to come over to help me out. And of course, I gave the conditional prayers, I'll be a good Christian if you'll just you know, do this for me because I'm in trouble. But I didn't realize that I needed to start adding him to every conversation I had. And as I started to do that, I started to grow in that intimacy. So I, I now sit in Papa's lap often. And I realized I'm loved by somebody that loves me greater than I can even understand. So I'm anxious for it, and I want more of it. Thank you. Would you pray for I asked, asked Don if he would pray for you, and then I, I realized that then I want Wanda to pray for you too. And then we'll go to the next worship song. <laughs> I would like to take you somewhere with me, if you would go. I would ask you all to close your eyes. God, I ask that everybody here takes whatever chatter they have going on in their mind, whatever their problems are, whatever is going on, and remove that. And just become blank for a little bit here. And then I would ask that you ask God to come in sit down next to you, and I would ask you to lean back into his chest and feel his arms come around you and let him whisper in your ear, I love you. Let me talk to you. Include me in everything you do. I pray that we all 
learn more about love and that love is power and love will always defeat force. It will always defeat the enemy. It all happened at the cross. It was all defeated. Take the complex things that are in all of our minds sometimes and just make them simplistic. Just bring it down to the essence of what we need to do and help us all grow with you. Help us to love one another, encourage one another. We're brothers and sisters and sons and daughters of Christ. We need to respect each other and honor each other. And the world will see that love. Amen. Lord, thank you that you are our everything, God. Whatever we are lacking, Lord, you are the source. Father, I ask that you would burn that deep into our spirits, God. Lord, whenever we're walking in something that's false, Lord, give us the, um, just the, the sense to pause and ask, where am I and what is the truth? Lord, that we'd get re-centered in you, for you are our everything. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about you guys, I'm getting filled and filled and filled. Um, this is so good. And that's Jesus, right? That's Jesus. So um, actually, now we, we get to hear from a uh, just amazing sister of ours, Favor Mitchell, who's going to share about what the life of Jesus has done in her. alive now I'm alive and I will never die because we have eternal life that's why we say that um about a year ago this time I I want to say in passion week actually I started to feel ill and this kind of ill that won't go away with like some Motrin or something like that or the kind of ill that won't go away with like some kind of antacid or Vicks vapor rub as my mom would say and so I started to document how I was feeling, and by I want to say by that Thursday, I made the executive decision to rush myself to the hospital. Um, it turned out my blood sugar was 437, and it's not supposed to be that high. It's supposed to be like 140. Um, and I had no idea why or what was going on, so they admitted me. So during good that Thursday, Good Friday, and even the Saturday, I was in the hospital. And it was scary, and it was a place that was unknown. And I think I, I admitted myself by myself, so I was there by myself, but I wasn't there by myself because God was with me. And I remember talking to God, and not in that cliche, oh, yeah, I know you're with me. No, I knew he was. I was like, Jesus, I'm scared, and I feel alone. I need to know that it's all going to be okay. And that's all I said. And I walked into that room and I had quite a few people come and visit me, but for the most part, it was me and him. 
I know Jesus is real. I know that he's alive because I get to live a life where that kind of thing happens and I know that I'm not alone. Where that kind of thing happens and I'm with God and I feel physically his presence. And so I was there and it turned out I had some kind of strain or or that's what they diagnosed me with. Some kind of strain of um, high blood sugar diabetes that was specific for people who are of Caribbean descent too. So it wasn't even, oh, you ate too much sugar. It's, oh, even a little bit too much. And, you know, it can send you across the way. But I know that in this time he was alive. I, I feel like it's not just enough for me to sing on a resurrection day. Oh, he's alive. It's not enough for me to sing the songs or to even to pray the prayers. It's not enough. I have to experience the God who has resurrection power. I have to walk with the God who has resurrection power. And so I was there laying in that bed and I was singing songs over and over again like you make me brave. I was singing over and over again. Death could not hold you. The grave <laughs> stood before you. The silence, you silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring the praise of your glory for you are raised to life again. And I said, Jesus, if you can be resurrected, I know that I can't be too. If you can rise with healing in your wings and you've made me like you, then I know I can be too. And so I know that whatever we're going to go through, we're going to go through it together. And after I got out, I got out on that Saturday. So exactly a year from today, they told me, at any point in time in my driving or living life, I could have passed out in coma or shock. At any point in time, I could have fell asleep. I, I commuted to work, so I could have passed out in a coma and died at any moment in time if I didn't go there to that hospital beforehand. And so it was really real and really serious to me, but I know that he's alive and I know that he is real because I had this peace. I was scared too at times, but I had this peace that started to come and started to take over. And so on resurrection morning, on Easter morning, I remember writing and singing on a loop over and over again. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. I posted on Facebook and everything over and over and over again. And sure enough, God brought healing so much. So I went to the doctors and they were like, we've never seen anything happen like this. Cause I was like, I don't want this Lord. I need your help. And you know, he, they, he brought a healing that the doctors were even astounded by. And of course I managed myself so that I'm not, you know, crazy. So I'm able to stand before you today and say, he's alive. Now I'm alive and I will never die. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, no, I'm done. So I'd like to pray with and for everyone. Um, So Jesus, the same resurrection power that was in you, that raised you from the dead, is within us. You've bestowed that on us. You've given that to us. You live on the inside of us, God. Lord, let us see your resurrection life today and from every day on in the name of Jesus. 
be it in our body, be it in our circumstance, be it in our emotions, whatever we need, Lord, let me, let us see your resurrection life and power because it's not just that you died for us. That was wonderful that you died, but it was the fact that you rose again and you rose with all power in your hand. It was the fact that you rose again, that we can even gather here today, that we can even have the victory today, God. So, Lord, we ask for your resurrection power, God, that we be aware of it and that we see it, God, and we see you at work. And like I was um, last year in that hospital, that we have that peace to know that we're never alone, even in the hard times, even in the great times, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. (laughs)